this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and AHA That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. So for now, hey, our fearless friends, here's Lisa Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV, radio, terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Once again, we are joined by yet another phenomenal guest. So who is my guest of this Friday? Well, what I can tell you is Peter O. Estevez was born in Mexico City, Mexico, and migrated to the United States at the age of 10. Peter is an entrepreneur and partner in several companies in the energy, gas, and oil sector in Mexico. Peter is a philanthropist and an advocate for recovery and mental health, as well as the writer and author of his upcoming book, Coming Clean, 13 Steps to a Healthy Life. He is the host of the top-rated podcast, Coming Clean Podcast. Welcome to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald, my friend. How are you? I am terrific, Lisa, and thank you so much for allowing me to be in your space. Well, you know what? Synergy is, is everything. I'm all about the energy, and I follow you quite closely, and I think you're doing amazing things in terms of paying it forward and being of service to others. So let's just dive right in. Again, everybody who follows me, which I'm very grateful no, uh, for, knows that this is unscripted. I think it makes for a much more authentic, organic conversation. Um, so let's talk about the inception your, uh, of your journey, more so specifically uh, your backstory, because oftentimes the backstory is what is linked to what people are currently doing today in one way, shape or another. So let's talk about why this is your plight, why this is your purpose and why this demographic of people specifically in terms of mental health and recovery. Thank you, Lisa. You know, for a very, very long time, I, uh, I suffer from alcoholism. You know, mm-hmm. I was uh, uh, from a very young boy. I was a young boy that didn't know how to fit in or felt that I did not fit in. I cannot even tell you the, the, the causes and effect of why I felt the way that I felt at that particular point in time in my life. But as I went through life, um, you know, I discovered that, that, that I, was, I was running away from myself. And the way that I looked for escape systems was through success, through power, through women, uh, through alcohol, through promiscuity thereby developing an acute uh, alcoholism, a problem, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, when you're in the same environment and everybody looks like you, you cannot identify the problem because you're part of the problem. You're not part of the solution. So it was, it, there was no one in that environment that ever told me, Peter, you know, you keep building things up, you keep tearing them down, you know, you keep getting married, you keep getting divorced, uh, you keep destroying friendships, businesses, relationships, and everything around you, uh, and yet you have this tremendous ability to to uh, manifest success. Yet you also have an equally uh, ability to destroy it. And um, after being on 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 my fifth marriage, um, my my wife Sharon at the time um, basically gave me an an ultimatum. After this is it, this was the last time. If you ever do it again. I ain't going to divorce you. Well, mind you, Lisa, I was in my fifth marriage, and I didn't want a fifth divorce. Mm-hmm. And for the first time, um, I had a I had a baby. I had a son. My son was six months old, uh, and I had truly been in therapy and working through trying to work through myself, but unable to pinpoint my problem. Uh, 
And, uh, you know, after that one last time, I actually had an opportunity to go back to my therapist. I talked to my therapist. I mentioned him the incident that had happened. And it was a very, very, very first time that my therapist told me, he says, Peter, you have one of the most acute alcoholism issues, problems that I ever seen. And uh, unfortunately, I, there is not a cure for your disease. There is a solution, however, and the solution lies in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. Now, bear in mind that I'm not here to promote any type of recovery program whatsoever. I'm mm-hmm. only in a reference to how I got into recovery. Uh, uh, he said, what I suggest is that you go to a meeting. And sure enough, Lisa, uh, immediately after meeting with my therapist, I went straight from my therapist's office, straight to a meeting. And for the very, very first time in my entire life, I heard my story and I realized that I was not a problem, that I had a problem. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, a couple of things came to me simultaneously. So first, I want to applaud you on your courage and your bravery. Um, because, you know, to identify a problem, to solve a problem, to eradicate a problem means you have to address the problem, right? The elephant in the room. And so that takes massive courage and accountability. And uh, generally, it's getting to that fuck it moment, too, where it's like, I can't take any more pain. I can't take any more devastation. Call it self-sabotage. Call it adversity. Call it whatever. So I appreciate people who come on to this show and they bear their soul and they offer for the truth of what it is that they're going through so that that can allow other people to show up comfortably knowing that that's what's required of them and giving them permission to do so. So I appreciate you being candid. I appreciate you being vulnerable uh, and, and being very present with us in this conversation of self-disclosure. Now, the other thing that came to me, and again, I play devil's advocate. So when I ask these questions, there's no judgment. But I think the more I preface things from a devil's advocate standpoint, sometimes it unleashes more truth and more layers of truth. Um So if we talk about labels versus diagnosis, and of course, you're talking to somebody who's formerly been in social services, I've worked with addictions, I've worked with everything. Um, So when we talk about labels versus diagnosis, when we talk about people who are perhaps predisposed to things as opposed to being a a byproduct or maybe uh, perhaps a culmination of their environment or the two, you know, when we talk about other people who have come on the show where they say, you know what, I'm an incest survivor or I've gone through this atrocity in my life, but by no means do I define myself that way. It's perhaps a descriptor for what shaped my journey to get to where I am now, which is a place of strength. It's a place of inspiration. Uh, it's a catalyst for growth, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but but we get very, we're very aware in the personal growth, personal development industry, as you would know, Peter, being part of it. Uh, it's very careful the verbiage that we apply to ourselves so that we don't fall into the indoctrination of the blueprint of what people think they are. Call it their statistic, call it their disease, call it their unfortunate whatever. So what would you say to that as somebody, and and that's not to negate the seriousness of alcoholism or how it speaks to you personally in your journey, Peter, but when we talk about labels versus diagnosis and not getting caught up in the labels so as not to subscribe to the verbiage and the victimology that keeps us perhaps still somewhat, even at a subconscious level, entrenched in the disease mindset, what do you say to that? Well, thank you for that question. That's an incredible question, you know, and, and, and I want to say something, Lisa, first and foremost, I share my story not because unique, because it's unique, but I share my story because it's a story of many, yes. you know, yes. and, 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 and what I realized that the environment that I was, that I was in, that I grew up in, pretty posed me to develop certain habits and certain addictions, okay? Mm-hmm. However, at some point in my life, I had to take ownership and I had to take responsibility for my behavior, for my actions, or for the and for the person that I wanted to become. You know, you you use you, you use uh, you use as an example uh, uh, incest or, or or abuse or sexual abuse or whatever you want to use it. You know, there's different stages. You know, a person can be a perpetrator, a victim, a participant, or a survivor. Mm-hmm. Okay? Or each or can go through each one of those stages. Well, I chose to become a survivor, and I chose not to have a label. Although I sobered through a program of recovery and I am active in a program of recovery because I, not because I feel that it is part of who I am, 
but because I feel I have a responsibility to bring awareness to others they have not traveled the journey that I have traveled. Okay, so, you know, a person that has cancer and has been in remission from cancer does not describe themselves as a person, uh, I'm a former cancer victim, you know, or whatever, right? In mm -hmm. addition, we're either an alcoholic or an addict. I don't believe in those labels. You know, I believe that we're all, all predisposed. Yes, I do believe that some of us are more predisposed genetically than others. Uh, however, I also believe that if we believe in affirmation, if we believe in personal development, if we believe in the power of the mind, I also believe that we can overcome those challenges. Now, everybody has a journey and everybody has their circumstances. And, and there's other issues that are correlated to someone's addiction, to someone's uh, alcoholism, um, i.e. mental illness or other things that, 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 that may, may create a bigger web for people to decipher what they are or who they are. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, I appreciate that answer. And so, and, and I ask that too, Peter, because I've had many people, as you know, in the past five years of doing this, who have been on, they've, they've, you know, they too have struggled with alcoholism, some form of addiction, mental health, et cetera, et cetera. And they themselves would, in some cases, have gone on record as saying, you know, I used to make reference to myself as being an alcoholic, but it doesn't serve me to do so. Not because I negate the truth of that, or that being a challenge that I always have to be mindful and cognizant of and, and put myself uh, or make myself aware of things that are going to perhaps trigger me or set me up to fail. Uh, so it's not something that I turn a blind eye to, but I don't give it power because language is power. So whether I talk about the, the term, the diagnosis, the whatever, energetically, it's still giving it, even at the subconscious level, more traction, more momentum, more power, because it still reinforces something that I no longer want to attach myself to in going forward. And going forward is the solution. Going forward is talking about how to employ different tactics as opposed to talking about the problem itself. So what do you say to that? And, and, and maybe you've already kind of answered that in your last uh, feedback to me. Um, but if there's anything in addition to what you've already said, and again, this is just devil's advocate, and I'm talking about people who have shared your experience but have a very different mindset or um, ways in which that they term things, label things in their healing journey. No, Lisa, thank you for the question, and I'm glad that you are being so detailed on it because, you know, recovery, addiction, alcoholism is not an issue, an easy issue to talk about. But I will tell you that in my, opin in my opinion, recovery is a transformation of the mind, soul, body, and spirit. Mm. We don't live in our story. We share our stories in service. We become whole and we integrate to, into the world. Okay. When people continue to tell their stories, one of the reasons that I became so open about my uh, about my alcoholism, one of the reasons I became so open uh, about uh, uh, about talking about my 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 issues, one of the reasons that I that I started the podcast was because I would go into the rooms for a meeting and I would hear the same stories over and over and over and over, and I would see people with thirty years, forty years. Uh, 25 years and some would eat a couple of years uh, of sobriety, but they didn't look happy. They were not changing. They were not transforming. They were stuck in their story. They were living in their story. I don't want to live in my story. I have a greater purpose. My purpose is for service. I share my story for others to hear my story and see that there's hope and that there's a solution. I already heard my story for 30 something years. <laughs> You understand? I live my story. I don't need to hear it anymore. So uh, to your point, uh, somebody that is truly whole, somebody that is truly complete, I am not an island. I want to be part of the universe. I don't want to be the guy that just talks about recovery. I'm a businessman. I'm a father. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a philanthropist. I'm a creator. I'm an innovator. I am not just an alcoholic. It happens to have a condition that I suffer from. But I have healed. And just like anybody else that takes a medication for diabetes, for whatever, I take my medication and that is my process of recovery. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, and that holds more credibility and legitimacy coming from you when you underscore what it was you said in, in my way of taking my takeaway from that is, you know, be a 
don't be addicted to the pain, right? Don't be addicted to the victimology story, but using it as a tool in which to transform. And once you are successfully able to navigate, maneuver that for yourself, then that gives you the credibility to move forward in doing that for other people because you've reconciled that reality with yourself in such a way that you've moved forward in a healthy direction, right? So... Absolutely. And you know, Lisa, you just said, said something that is very key. A lot of, uh, all of us are addicted to something, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, shopping, pornography, sex, uh, you know, the internet, social media, whatever. Okay. And most addicts transfer, they shift their addiction into something else. And a right. lot of them shift it to their story, their pity party, because it's comfortable. It's not really comfortable. It is knowing. The comfort zone is not comfortable. It is simply knowing. And people Absolutely. rather stay there than transcend into something better, because if they transcend into something better, they no longer have the attention. So they're addicted to attention. Right. And pain. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I truly believe, as our good friend David Melson says, that we need to be in a continuous, persistent pursuit for happiness. But in yeah. addition to that, we need to be in a, a continuous, persistent pursuit for creativity, for skills, for innovation, for transformation, for change of the mind, body, soul, and spirit. And when you do that, you don't have time for addictions. You have tra- time for creation. Absolutely. Well put. Well put, my friend. So let's talk about the current times that we sit in right now, because when we when we look at what's going on, George Floyd, racism, pandemic, uh, there's a lot, a lot of heaviness right now. And even the people who are the strongest uh, inherently in terms of willpower mindset, it's shaking us all. It's shaking the foundation of us all. I mean, it's here to teach us things, and I think it's here to unveil a lot of things. There's a paradigm shift definitely going on. This is a wake-up time beyond wake-up time. Um, But when we look at, and I know this from having worked in social services too, when you're looking at people who are marginalized, people who are oppressed, uh, people who fall into all kinds of subcategories, they are more uh, dispositioned for abuse, uh, substance abuse, addictions, things of that nature. Call it ineffective coping mechanisms, uh, you know, call it whatever. So in terms of what's going on with the systemic abuses right now, uh, the fear-mongering, and I'm not saying that there's not legitimacy to what's going on, um, but I'm just saying there's a lot of things that are uh, invoking and eliciting all kinds of different responses, some rational, some irrational. So for people who already have a hard time coping, for people who don't have an infrastructure of true, healthy, sound, uh, positive support, who would be inclined to relapse or do something that they know is not going to be intuitively sound for them, but it is what it is for them in that moment of weakness or or, uh, fear. What, what do you say to knowing that there's going to be an escalated level of addiction soaring, abuse soaring? You know, people who are under the same roof with each other, who perhaps were in the midst of going through a divorce, but right now everything's come to a halt. You know, people who are just not in a good space, uh, people who just don't know how they're going to get out from underneath this rock, individually, collectively, universally, spiritually, mentally, whatever the case may be. So what, what can we do outside of all the other service providers that exist, but what can we do at the individual conscious level for people who we know are, are going through it even more so than other people who don't struggle with addiction or mental health? First and foremost, uh, Lisa, thank you for that question. And there's a lot of pain going on in the world. And yeah. if you're feeling fear, if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling inadequate, it's okay. It's okay to feel that way. I recently did a video on social media where I talk about that. You know, I'm a fairly disciplined person and I do the discipline not because I like it, but because I need it. Mm-hmm. I need it for my mental health. You know, and my discipline includes from prayer to meditation to exercise to journaling and to reading on a daily basis. And I can tell you on a personal basis, um, I have not had the stamina, I have not had the energy and many of times the desire to do my rituals on a daily basis as scheduled as I normally do 
but I still do them because I need them. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if me with 20 years or so of daily rituals and discipline and feeling the way that I'm feeling, I can only imagine uh, the people that are predisposed to addiction, to abuse, to mental abuse, to fear, to rejection, to sexual abuse. There's a lot of collateral damage that we don't see. We only talk about the economic economic damage. But you coming from a from a social service um, area uh, background, uh, Lisa, you know what happens in an idle home. You know the sexual abuse, the pedophilia that goes on in the world, the espousal abuse, and all those things that are happening throughout the world right now because of our present condition. These are melting pots for abusers, for predators. Unfortunately, there's not much we can do other than to pray for these people. But to your point and to your question, what can you do? Get out of self. My solution, I find that, you know, I believe in self-love, but I also believe that I believe so much in self-love that I can become selfish and only think about me. Mm -hmm. The moment that I shift my attention into service, into helping others, my perspective changes and I get out of self and my dopamine shuts up and I feel much better about myself and I feel much better about others. And that gives me the energy that gives me the, that catapults me into doing other things, you know, and there's simple tools that we all can use a gratitude list. You know, if you take, if, 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 if you know, we all can have a bad day, but throughout the day in 20, in 24 hours, there's something that we have to be grateful for, for God's sakes, just for being awake and being alive. Okay, just for breathing, we're grateful for, uh, for having a roof over our head. And I don't want to get into, because I know some of those issues are controversial, but they're very simple tools that we can do exercise. Just, you know, and, and people say, well, we can't go to the gym. You can go for a walk. You can go for a stroll. You can go for a run. Okay, you can do push-ups. You can do set-ups. Just get out of self. Get out, you know, our minds, our idle minds, is, 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 is a dangerous space to be at. You know, and I try to keep mine occupied with things that are always going to enhance my mind, my body, my soul, and my spirit. And if Beautiful. I'm balancing those areas, if I'm balancing those areas, just like a car, a car cannot run on three wheels. It needs four. If you have a flat tire, it's going to be unbalanced. I try to make sure that my tires are all balanced all the time. That doesn't mean that I don't skip and hop every once in a while, but I, 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 I have built enough tools, tools and I have a toolbox that allows me that whenever I get any negative energy that comes my way, if I realize the negative energy create, creates a shortage of my flow, okay? And I feel this balance. The moment that I feel that, I pause, I regroup, and I get back into what I need to do. Oh, I live it alone, Lisa. But we, we, I think the first and foremost thing is that, that we need to be forgiven for ourselves. We need to realize that we are in a world crisis, that we have a lot of negative energy out there, and it is okay. We're not creating it, and it's going to be okay. We will survive this. But to be forgiven of ourselves and then to focus on serving others. Lovely. Well, let me ask you this then, Peter, because, you know, we're all operating at a different different level of self-awareness, right? Uh, some people, when we talk about um, addictions, we talk about recovery, we talk about mental health, everyone is at a different juncture within that journey. Uh, not everybody has had the tools at their disposal that perhaps you have. Not everybody is uh, as self-actualized as perhaps what you are. You're very empowered. You've gotten to a point in your journey where you do take responsibility. You have taken accountability. You have been able to go through the process of elimination of what works, tweaking things, incorporating it, uh, talking about rituals, talking about mantras, talking about discipline. So you've been able to keep yourself on the straight and narrow. Now, and, and even with you being a very empowered individual and having all these platforms afforded to you uh, in which to, you know, bring like-minded people onto your podcast to talk about things and, and to use that as another form of service, which is what you do. And I think it's amazing that you do do that. Um, now, for the person who doesn't have any of that, right, um, who, and again, I'm just playing devil's advocate, but for people who are like, okay, well, I don't have a roof over my head. 
Um, I don't really have sufficient clothing on my back. Uh, I would love to have pen and paper in which to draft and, and, and compose a gratitude list. I would love to go out and be of service to somebody on a voluntary basis, knowing it's going to remedy me in a healthy, productive way. Uh, as being part of the solution, uh, but I'm too pickled right now. I can't even stand up. Like, what do you say to people who are like seriously in the throes of, um, you know, that's great that we're doing the kumbaya and we say we're all going to get through this, but we're some people don't have what other people have, right? So let's talk about the worst case scenario situation where somebody is really hurting like really, really hurting, they have, they feel they have nowhere to turn to. They don't have the resources. They don't have the computer. They don't have the roof. They don't have the money in the bank account. And in their mind, they don't even feel like they've got a friend. What do you say to that person? Lisa, that, that is an incredible question and a powerful question at that. But you realize that we are at a moment where probably as our gar as human beings is that is high level as ever will ever be. We are compassionate, loving, caring individuals. And I can guarantee you anybody in need right now, anybody that would come to me or anyone for that matter, would be hard pressed to be turned away. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that for that individual that feels completely desperate, uh, a lot of times what holds us back is our ego and our fear. And we may be, you know, and I know this from being both broke and broken, Lisa. Okay. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I didn't ask for help because I, I had an ego and my ego will not allow me to surrender uh, to be asking for something, even though I needed it desperately. Okay. But, you know, I, I, I can tell you that one of the reasons I'm sober was because I had a caring wife that cared about me and wanted to see me through, uh, wanted to see a better father for her son. I can tell you that I'm sober, sober because I have a, 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 a wonderful a son that was six months old when, 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 when I got sober and I wanted him to see a sober dad. So, you know, the reality is that when I surrender my ego, okay, surrender my ego and I was ready to ask for help, people came out of everywhere to help me. And it's not about resources, Lisa. It's not about, it's about humility a lot of times. Okay. And even, even, even the person in the most dire, dire distress Sometimes we don't have the humility to ask for help because we are full of shame and fear and guilt, okay? And in order for us to get better, we need to step out of that state. It doesn't matter where you're at in life. Nobody can help you if you want to reside in your fear, in your help, in your helplessness, in your shame, and in your guilt. You have to step out of there in order to be able to change and evolve. It doesn't matter who you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So, Fantastic. so I, can tell you, I can tell you, even even the guy living under the bridge, if he walked down to the corner store and, and asked for a meal today, I can guarantee you somebody would give it to him. Okay? Mm -hmm. uh, so, so we just need to ask. We just need to ask because people are more kind than we give them credit for, Lisa. Very true. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly, Peter. I absolutely do. So when you look at what's going on right now, things are elevated, things are heightened, um, people are angry, um, people are taking to the streets, people are sick and tired of being sick and tired. So, and that's putting, you know, and then you throw COVID into the mix and what that's done for people economically, what that's done for people mentally, what that's done for people socially. You know, so when you take a look at what's going on in your most objective way of, of optically looking at this, a lot of people, and I, there's a big part of me that thinks, you know, this is a massive opportunity uh, for a huge, to create a huge paradigm shift. Um, and that's what's already, I believe, transpiring. And I think, you know, when we talk about the climate, you know, mother nature, I mean, it's like when we take things for granted or we don't step up to the plate, we don't roll up our sleeves, we continue to turn a blind eye and it's always about making a profit or it's always about putting ourselves first. This is what happens. This is what happens at the collective level and everything gets shut down and everything seemingly gets thrown into a state of chaos. But it's within the chaos, it's within the darkness that if we are tuned in to the lesson, the gift, the blessing, 
I believe we can reverse this. I believe we can change that. And a lot of people would think I was foolish or I was being the eternal optimist and, you know, get with the program, Lisa. But I do fundamentally believe that. So when you take a look at what's going on right now in our world, in spite of the fact that we do have heavy hearts, even though we know that there's a multitude of issues at play and it's multi-layered, it's multifaceted, what do you say, Peter? What do you look upon this being and what do you think we as a, a human species a society universally what do you think the end is going to look like like what, what do you think this is going to materialize in hopefully for the better for all of us like what do you really actually envision lisa there's two things that i want to touch on number one to to your first point you know i truly believe energetically that the universe has paused for us to have an opportunity to reflect Mm. Okay, to catch on our goals, to catch on our dreams, and to evolve and change. That's what the universe has done for us. On the other hand, I, I equally believe that we are not all created equal. We are all the same, created by the same powerful source. I call it God, but we're not all equal. Okay, this uprise is about awareness. This uprise is about human consciousness about emotional intelligence, about love and respect for your fellow men, women, and children. Bingo. This uprise is about disrupting a system that was designed to oppress the underprivileged, the unfortunate, the uneducated. Lisa, this uprise is about love and respect and opportunity for me, for you, for us, for we, together. Mm. This is what this uprise is all about. And this uprise needed to happen in order for us to overthrow governments that are obsolete and are not looking out for the best interests of the people. We are the people. The government works for us. This is a wake-up call. Absolutely it is. Absolutely it is. Now, do you think for people who are in the throes of firsthand, you know, whether we're talking about people who have been dealing with oppression and racism all their lives, uh, people who, you know, fall into all kinds of different subcategories stats-wise in terms of being underprivileged, uh, underprivileged, undervalued, underfunded, under underheard, underutilized, under whatever. Do you think in the midst of people having legitimate anger that they're going to be able to surrender their ego to recognize the transformational gift that is upon all of us right now. My, biggest, my, 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 my biggest fear, Lisa, is that I don't see leadership and representation of the people. Okay, mm -hmm. I see destruction, but I don't see a Martha Luther King. I see destruction, but I don't see a Cesar Chavez. I see destruction, but I don't see a leader on either side of the aisle to step and say, I hear you. I hear your message. I know what you want. I know what your cry is. Okay. I, I, and, 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 and I realize that a lot of times the easiest way to get our governments to pay attention to us is to go out and destroy to go out and, 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 but people are tired. People are hungry. People are broke. It is unconscious. And believe me, I'm an entrepreneur and I believe in, 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 in free enterprise. Okay. But it's unconscious to see the, in the course of 12 weeks, four men in the world have become trillionaires and there's 40 million people unemployed in the United States of America. That is mm -hmm. unconscious. <laughs> that is unconscious. Yes. Yes. Well said. Well said. Well, living fearlessly means different things to different people. What does living fearlessly mean to you, Peter? To have, to have the ability to have the ability to be a maximum service first to myself, to my family, and then to my community. Lovely. Lovely. So let's talk a little bit about your podcast. Let's talk a little bit about your book and let's give the listeners and the podcast subscribers an opportunity to know where, how, and when to connect with you. So this is your opportunity to shine, plug all your stuff, uh, because especially knowing what your purpose and your plight is, there's a lot of people who would want to jump onto your platforms to say, I've got a message. Uh, you know, this is a great way for me to provide service to other people collectively in concert with you, Peter. 
please give me the opportunity to do so. So what would you say to people in terms of your book, your podcast, uh, anything that's upcoming for you on the horizon? I know things are starting to reopen. I don't know if that changes things for you in terms of speaking engagements. If you mentor people, coach people, where can people connect with you? And, and let's talk a little bit about what you have to offer. Hey, yes, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you so much. First, uh, you know, the, 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 the podcast it's called Coming Clean, and it's available at Coming Clean Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, the podcast platform is basically designed, you, you know, what started as a podcast for recovery and bringing awareness to addiction, recovery, and mental health has morphed into becoming a podcast that talks about every topic. As you know, I had David Melser, Dean Graciosi, uh, uh, Brad Lee's coming on. I just had uh, Zachary Babcock, and I have had a plethora of incredible human beings that are scheduled to be on the podcast. And we talk about every every topic that touches the human race, whether it's self-education, whether it's transformation, whether it's evolution, whatever it is that has an impact on the people. I don't want to be an island, and I don't want the podcast, or I don't want to be known by as a recovery guy. I want to be known as a, a guy that cares about recovery addiction, mental health, and the world as a whole. So, the, uh, you know, we welcome guests of all topics, and the podcast uh, has over 300,000 downloads per month. It's an incredible, incredible pr- platform that is reaching ma- many people. My book, Lisa, would be out next month. It's called From Lies to Riches, 13, health, uh, 13 Steps to a Healthy Life. Um, and what I've done with my book is basically a... a, a um, I call it 13 steps in recovery. There's, there's, there's something known as a 12 step program based on Alcoholics Anonymous. Okay. And what I did with my book, I, I wrote each chapter based on each step. And to give you an example of that, uh, step one talks about, um, uh, you know, you, you, you have to acknowledge, um, uh, uh, that you are powerless over, in my case was alcohol. And as a result, my life had become unmanageable. Well, what I wanted to do with those 12 steps, I wanted to go into a personal journey and discover where each one of those steps apply into my life. And what I discover on the first step, powerless over alcohol, and my life had become unmanageable. Uh, as a very young boy, I lived in a very abusive household. My father was a pedophile. He abused all of my sisters. I was abused with one of my brothers. There was a lot of dysfunction in my home. So... As a very young boy, I saw I was powerless. I was being utilized. I was being abused. And I was powerless. There was nothing I can do uh, about it because the people that were supposed to protect me were not, in mm-hmm. fact, abusing me. Okay? Mm-hmm. And as a result, my life became unmanageable. Okay? So I started looking for ways to escaping. You know, first as a young boy was imaginary kids. Then it became promiscuity, then became alcohol, then became drugs, then became money, then became power, then became, 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 became. Okay? So that's how I relay my book. My book would be available and reliable at every platform after June, at, uh, at the end of June. Um, and, uh, of course, my website is, is, is um, uh, comingcleanpodcast.com. I am uh, avail- I am a business coach. And I do uh, take consultations for uh, median and large Fortune 500 businesses uh, for CEOs and, 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 and corporate level um, clients. Um, and, of course, you know, any speaking engagements that I had have been postponed until further notice, Lisa. So, uh, but but, but I'm, I'm happy to be of service to anyone. Uh, I'm available on social media. And, and if you're interested in, 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 in a consult, please feel free to reach out to me. Fantastic, Peter. Thanks for sharing all that. What I will say about the title of your podcast, Coming Clean, because I always, you know, people know this if they follow my content and uh, particularly if they've subscribed to my newsletter, you know, I always go to the abstract. I believe there's, you know, I don't look at everything one dimensionally. I don't take everything literally in terms of words and, and, and concepts. And there's always a way in which to break it down and make it work across the board uh, in terms of interpretation. So when I hear uh, Come Clean podcast, I mean, what I like about that and why I think you're absolutely right to say that it's not just a podcast specific to 
um, recovery and addiction. And that's certainly not just the, the types of guests that you bring upon your show. But coming clean means so many different things, right? I mean, coming clean can be about, like, accountability for a whole myriad of different subject matters that people, because we're all atoning, we're all forgiving either ourselves, other people, uh, we're all, you know, manifesting different changes in our lives, hopefully for the better, Um, you know, so coming clean, I mean, I mean, I, I absolutely love that. Um, where might some people might be inclined to think right off the bat, and, and you know it would be a fair association to make that it would probably have to do with recovery and addiction. But I think for how diversified you are and how well-rounded you are and how many people from all walks of life that you interface with, Peter, people would know at a deeper level, at a more abstract level, uh, that it really invites all kinds of different conversation in terms of coming clean, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, I just, I, when I had David Meltzer on the show, I asked, is there anything you want to come clean about? And he started laughing, you know? So, so the idea, you, you know, the idea about coming clean is, is, you know, started as something that was recovery, but in reality, we all got to come clean about something. Yeah. yeah. You know, absolutely. And, 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 and it doesn't necessarily have to be negative. There's, there's not a negative connotation, you know, uh, uh, I had Peter Taunton, you know, the, the founder of, of, um, of um, um, gosh, um, y'all come to me in a second. Peter, please forgive me. Um, uh, he's built uh, an empire, 6,000 fitness centers across the world, okay? And mm-hmm. uh, I asked Peter if there was anything that he wanted to come clean about. And he basically became clean about the fact that he's not in a relationship and he was looking for a girlfriend or a wife, you yeah. know? So- <laughs> So, 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 you know, it's becoming, it's becoming something that has become almost fun at the same time, Lisa. Right. Well, and the thing is, I mean, detox doesn't even have to speak to addiction. Detox could just be, you know, spiritual detox, financial detox, mental detox. I mean, you know, when we talk about the mind-body-spirit connection, there's always ways in which to enrich and enhance um, us operating at our highest vibrational level, us showing up as the best version of ourselves. It doesn't have to, ha- there doesn't have to be an affliction necessarily associated with that. Um, but it's about setting our sights higher. It's about raising the bar. It's elevating our standards so that we can truly show up. And by doing so for ourselves, it affords us the gift and the opportunity to be that, do that, offer that, provide that for everybody at the collective level. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you 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 mentioned something a minute ago, and 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 to that point again, you know, we're talking about detoxing about different things. You know, I think there's something that we need to detox about. Uh, if you look in social media, there's a plethora of people. Uh, everybody from the from the from the uh, self uh, personal development space promoting 10x in yourself, 10x in yourself. Don't fall into that trap. 10x yourself at your own pace. 9x yourself, 5x yourself, 3x yourself, 2x yourself, 1x yourself. It doesn't have to be 10. Okay, mm-hmm. be easy on yourself. Okay, because we can also we can go from one stream to another. We either hibernate or we we are being told that you need to be better and grow. And this is the, the opportunity and jump in and do this. Remember, everybody's trying to sell you something. Okay, <laughs> grow at your own pace. Grow what makes you comfortable. Detox at the way that makes you comfortable but do something every day that moves the needle up a bit. Absolutely. Well, and what I'll say too is because anybody who knows anything about anyone in the personal growth, personal development, I mean, 10X, I mean, Grant Cardone, right? There's only one (laughs) Grant Cardone. Let Grant, Grant Cardone do his thing. It's working for him. But this is where I, you know, people feel that they, in order to be a so called success, they've got to emulate and piggyback and cherry pick what everyone else is doing, not recognizing that why it's successful for somebody and not necessarily successful for anyone else. It's because you're too busy trying to be a carbon copy of not only someone else, but thinking that if you duplicate yourself in some form or fashion, uh, that it's going to produce the same results. But you, then you, you've dropped the ball on, well, who are you? What is your message? 
You know, like you can subscribe to the ideology of what other people are doing. You can get behind the principles and the concepts. But I think sometimes from a branding perspective or from a verbiage perspective or a messaging perspective, uh, people get too tripped up trying to borrow from other people. Um, and then people know that that's not, that's, it's, it's disingenuous because it's like, oh, that's Grant Cardone's thing. Who are you again? Who, who are you again? What are you selling? <laughs> you yeah, know, no. people shoot themselves in the foot and don't even realize they're doing it. Yeah, the, the unique part about each individual is that we are individuals and we are unique individually. So we don't have to become a carbon copy of anyone else. And if we subscribe to that thought pattern, we realize the power within us. And most of us are too lazy to reach deep in and to find it. <laughs> Very true. Very true. And, and I mean, the thing is, too, for anybody who authentically shows up and participates in the personal growth, personal development arena, it's based on self-worth and to what degree you've actually done the work on yourself and continue to do so. So if you showing up in the industry is borrowing someone else's verbiage, thinking that, you know, you're going to fool people, disillusion people, and that's going to accelerate you and position you a little bit different than where you would be just honoring who you are. You got it all backwards, people. You got it all backwards. So um, there's only one Oprah. There's only one Tony Robbins. I mean, there's, you know, there's only one Grant Cardone. They figured out what works for them and it works. Let them be who they are, and let's all show up for who we actually individually are. Absolutely. But the amazing thing about that, Lisa, and the great news about that is that there's plenty of space. Because if you look yes. at the top of the pyramid, it's very thin, okay? Uh, so there's plenty, plenty of space out there. It's not overcrowded. The, the reality is that the journey between the bottom of the pyramid and the top of the pyramid is, is, is very volatile, is very hard, is very lonely, requires sacrifice, requires work, requires commitment, mm -hmm. and requires a lot of discipline. And unfortunately, most of us um, are not willing to take that journey either because we don't have the strength, we have, we, don't, we, we have not developed the strength, are not willing to sacrifice, and are not willing to commit to it. But there's plenty of opportunities. We don't need to be fighting over somebody else's space, you know, uh, when, when there's plenty of space available. If you look far to your right, if you look far to your left, and if you look behind you, 99% of the time, there's no one near you. Okay? So Very there's true. Plenty, 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 plenty of space and plenty of opportunity. If you stay focused, stay in your lane, stay committed, stay grounded, and stay grateful. You know, I think I think a lot of the times we miss our opportunities because we're too focused in the either on the past or the future that we forget to stay present and realize that what we have can give us enough to get for what we want if we just stay focused on that. You know, but mm -hmm. rather people get lost in the eye candy and absolutely, and, and, and the eye candy loses the focus on 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 what your goal could be. Well, very true. There's a lot of navel gazing going along, uh, going on. Let's face it, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I mean, people are doing it with their remotes, right? They're they're binge watching all the negative, depressing stuff. So, for people who are predisposed to depression or anxiety or overwhelm, you know. Is that really the way to go? I mean, yes, I'm not saying be oblivious to what's going on in your world. It's not about voluntarily showing up as a naive, ignorant individual. But there's a point where, you know what, you're seeing reruns anyway. So turn it off and do something that's going to work for you, that's going to shift you, that's going to put you in a position to show up. Lisa, my son is 19 years old. And... Um he told me this yesterday, he said, uh, or the day before yesterday, he said, Dad, I'm really, he says, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm feeling sick to my stomach by watching everything that's going on. And I told him something very simple. I said, stop watching and go do something. Yeah. Why don't you go participate in one of those marches? This is your time to be part of history. This is your time to make an impact. And this is your time to support. And he did exactly that. Uh, we're, we're, I commute between uh, Houston, Mexico City, and San Diego, and we're in, we've been uh, quarantined in Houston. So he went to the march yesterday, and uh, there was over 60,000 people. And he came back home uh, after the march so fulfilled, 
so grateful, so thankful, and a completely different human being. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. If you're Mm -hmm. feeling bad about yourself, go look at the world for what it is, not for what you see on TV or on social media. Go be part of that energy. Go be part of that impact. Go make a difference. Go make a change. Go support somebody. You know what? You don't need to say anything, but you can stand behind somebody and they will feel so much better to know that they are supported, that they are loved, that they are welcomed, that they are appreciated, and that they are being heard and seen. Absolutely. And that's what we need to do. We need Absolutely. to let people know that they are seen and they are being heard. Very true, Peter. Very true. And, you know, and to underscore what you just said, using your son as the example, too, a lot of people are the cause of their own atrophy, right? Yeah. You know? <laughs> You know, so if you feel immobilized, if you feel like you can't move, if you feel like you're a deer in headlights, what are you yourself doing to precipitate or to per- perpetuate that, right? It's You've always got to start with self in terms of self-examination, ex- self-assessment, self-exploration, you know, because usually... Well, it always is. It's always an inside job. That's why when we talk about self-love, self-worth, self-confidence, you know, there's a reason why the word self precedes all those other important concepts that make up the fabric of our values, our priorities, and again, how we show up in this world. So if you know that you're predisposed to things that are going to immobilize you in fear or trepidation or overwhelm, do not be the cause of your own atrophy by watching CNN 24-7. Totally counterintuitive. Yeah, I, I absolutely, Lisa. And, 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 and this should be a lesson, a lesson in history and a lesson for human beings that how manipulative the, the, the news media is. You know, when's the last time we heard anything about uh, C-19? When's right. the last time we heard anything about coronavirus? Okay? Mm-hmm. People listen. People pay attention. I don't want to get controversial, but it's, I just want to denote that, you know, the, 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 the news media um, is there to create and manipulate and influence people and, 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 and keep them in fear and keep them scared. So, so don't fall prey to that. Go out there, be part of the world. If you really want to know what's going on in the world, participate in the world. You know, you can't, you can't be part of the world, but, uh, you know, hiding behind a keystroke and watching Netflix all day long. You can't be part of the world. You can't impact the world that way, Lisa. Absolutely. You ha- I mean, it's a choice. You're either a bystander or you're a participant, right? Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and, and whatever each person's individual choice is going to derive a certain set of results. And if you don't like the results, then you've got to reevaluate what needs to change. What do I need to reconfigurate? What do I need to dismantle, perhaps? What do I need to relinquish? And simultaneously, what then do I embrace? Right? You know, Lisa, I think it's beyond a choice. I think it becomes, it comes down to being an obligation. You know, I felt myself that the moment that I realized and, and I discovered that I had an issue with addiction in my case, and, and this was something that had become a cycle of dysfunction for multiple generations in my family, in my family, and in my bloodline. At that moment, I had an obligation to make sure that that issue did not carry over to my next generation, my son, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, and every generation thereafter. Not only did I have that obligation, I had an obligation to bring consciousness and awareness into the world to know that there's a solution to a problem that has been pla- that has plaqued many generations before me and many cultures like mine, okay? So if you are being afflicted by something and you realize that 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 you, it, it's not a choice. We have an obligation. We have a human obligation to do something about our circumstances. We have a human obligation to do something about our communities. We have a human obligation to do something about ourselves because every single one of us is a billboard for the universe. Every single one of us is a billboard for the world. Bingo. You want to show up. Bingo. Well, I mean, you just 10x that whole, it's a choice. No, it's an obligation. I love that. 
No, I, I because I, I, I firm, I, I firmly believe that. I firmly believe that. You know, in spite of the many, and I know that I said some, 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 some questionables, or, or, or really put out there some, some stuff about my father. But, 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 but my parents also had great qualities. My father was a hard worker. You know, he, mm-hmm. regardless of, you know, so there was a lot of, a, a lot of great qualities that my father had. What I chose was to pick his good qualities and discard all his negative. And that's yeah. a, that is the same assessment that each one of us has to do within ourselves. You know, what, uh, a lot of us lack a self-inventory. Where are we at today? Mm-hmm. How did I get here? Why am I here? How can I get out of the situation? You, if you don't have, if you don't inventory a business, you don't know what you have to sell. And you don't know what kind of condition or shape the business is in. And we are all individually a business. Yes. Yes. You know, uh, for ourselves, for our families, and for our community. So we need to inventory ourselves. We need to inventory ourselves on a daily basis. And, and, and you know, there's a lot of times that I inventory myself. And I don't like the guy that I look in the mirror. But I don't. We've all been there, Peter. You know what? (laughs) We've all been there. But the difference being is if you're not prepared to look in the mirror and take ownership, right? Because it's very easy to point the finger. Everybody wants to externalize. Everybody wants to think the problem's out there, out there, out there. Well, no, because chances are the filter that you're looking through that would lend you to have a certain perspective anyways, it's a derivative of what's going on inside. It doesn't discount that there's a lot of things going on in the world that shouldn't be happening regardless of where we're at within ourselves energetically or on the self-love healing journey, not disputing that. But I'm just saying, you know, if people are running up against the same types of situations on a cyclical basis, there comes a point where you have to say, who is the common denominator in this? And what am I prepared to do to own my own shit? Absolutely. Wherever I go, there I am. Yes. Wherever I go, there I am. And, 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 and you're exactly that. And that's where the inventory comes in, Lisa. When you look at what, if you're having conflict with people and it's always conflict, well, maybe you're the problem. Right. Okay. So, 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 yeah, we, we always need to look at the, ever probably the rest from ourselves. <laughs> that's, right. that's reality. <laughs> right. You know, we, 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 we either, uh, uh, you know, a, a victim or a participant and either way we're both involved in either, in either position. So we need to make sure how to extract ourselves out of either circumstances. Absolutely. Well, just being cognizant of time, Pierre, I want to give you yet another opportunity to let the listeners and the podcast subscribers know how they can connect with you, how they can become a prospective guest. Uh, Is there a website? Um, Anything you want to make mention of? And again, your launch date for your book? Absolutely. Again, my website is comingcleanpodcast.com. I am available in social media uh, at uh, at Peter O. Estevez on, on Instagram as well as Facebook. And um, the podcast is also has its own page, which is Come and Clean Podcast. If you want to be a guest, just go to www.comeandcleanpodcast.com and subscribe to be a, to be a guest. And uh, uh, my book launches at the end of June, June 30th, I believe. Uh, but if you go to my uh, website, you will find all those deals. Uh, all those details available. If you if you enter your email, we will release the uh, first chapter of the book for a pre-read. Uh, so if you want to go down there and subscribe, we will uh, put you on the list to to release the first chapter of the book. E- e- that would be an, an electronic uh, version of the first chapter. Um, I, I, again, um, find me on social media. I do corporate coaching for for CEOs and, and, and corporate level clients. And that information is also available on my website. Fantastic. Well, I want to thank you because you've been very gracious to turn the mic around and say that I can come on your show. So I'm really looking forward to uh, scheduling that with you. That will also be an honor and a privilege. And I just want to say, Peter, I really appreciate everything you brought to the table for myself, the listeners, and the podcast subscribers here on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Total breath of fresh air. I appreciate your rawness, your vulnerability, your candidness, and just showing up just showing up. So thank you for that. To the listening audience, I want to thank you as well for the gift of your time. I'm very clear on my purpose. My purpose is to uplift you to fear less and to live more. Until next Friday, when we are joined by yet another phenomenal guest, I wish you a safe, healthy, and uplifted weekend. Love and gratitude to all of you, including you, Peter. Take care. Bye-bye. 
Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and AHA That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. And until next week, our fearless friends, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio telling you to be your own hero, be your own hero, be your own leader, and be your own best friend. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.